0: You're listening to a message from Every Nation GTA. For more information, please visit our website at everynationgta.org. Well, good morning, Every Nation GTA. My name's Sheila. I am excited to be with you all this morning, uh, opening up the Word of God, continuing our series. And um it is great to be together. Hope you've been enjoying your summer. I'm always getting a little melancholy at this time of the year when fall's around the corner cuz summer is my personal favorite. Well, we are continuing coming to an end of our summer series Ecclesia: Church Then and Now. Ecclesia is simply a Greek word um defined as a called-out assembly or congregation, commonly just translated church. We've been looking back over the centuries to the first assembly, the first congregation of believers, how we can be inspired and aligned and how we can move forward as a church to have the life and the impact of that first assembly of believers. So as our passage has been this summer, let's look again at Acts chapter 2, beginning with verse 42. And they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and the prayers. And awe came upon every soul, and many signs and wonders were being done through the apostles, and all who believed were together and had all things in common. And they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the proceeds to all as any had need, and day by day attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes, they received their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having favor with all people. And the Lord added to their number day by day those who were being saved. They devoted themselves. We're going to talk today about communal prayer, but if you look at this whole section here, this was they, not I devoted myself or me and one other person, but As a community, they devoted themselves. What did they devote themselves to? Well, we've looked at six practices of the early church. They devoted themselves to deep relationship, to learning truth, to joyous worship, sacrificial service, communal prayer and winsome witness. Now you will have noticed if you've been with us all summer, we have not done these in order. Mm-hmm. So today we are doing number 5, communal prayer. The author Luke, the author of the book of Acts, has described the communal life of the first Jewish converts, and we are going to look at prayer. And aside, this is often translated prayers with an S on the end. We can see when we read through the entire book of Acts that there was a devotion to prayer and to prayers. That word prayers probably means what they did corporately when they went to the temple and still partook in the Jewish ritual of prayers, likely from the book of Psalms, but joining together Acts chapter 3 verse 1 reminds us now Peter and John were going up to the temple at the hour of prayer, the ninth hour. So they prayed together and they were also devoted to prayers. From the beginning of the book of Acts, right after the resurrection and the ascension of Jesus, um, Acts one fourteen starts out talking about the fact that the early church, they were of one accord, devoting themselves to prayer, and to the end of the book of Acts, where we see Paul praying for someone to be healed. All through the life of this early church, we see prayer. Well, let's talk today about communal prayer. And we're going to look at this under three subtitles, communal prayer builds disciples, builds community, and builds unity. Let's look at building disciples. Communal prayer builds disciples. Um, Some of the things that happen when we pray together, it's actually a place where we learn to pray. When you first come to faith and you've never maybe prayed at all and definitely, probably never prayed out loud. Um, We come together and we pray together and we learn to pray and we increase our habits of prayer as we pray with one another. We're also inspired, uplifted, encouraged, even maybe instructed and taught by the prayers of others. Now, I hope you don't mind, but I'm going to do some storytelling today. Because as I was thinking about prayer in my own life, I just went back to just a few different times and moments in my life back and even currently where uh I felt like prayer and praying together and praying with others was um building me up, instructing me, teaching me. I had things to learn. So let's go back to 1998-ish. And Bert and I and our three kids at that time had moved to Nashville. And for some reason, um, our pastor Rice had taken us to visit one of the longtime pastors in the city of Nashville. And we went and we were sitting in his office. His name was Pastor Hardwick. And, um, he was really old. I think he was about 65 or 66. <laughs> and Bert and I were in our 30s. Um, and Pastor Hardwick, at this time, when we met him and sitting in his office, he prayed. He might have prayed for us. I don't remember. In fact, I don't remember anything that he prayed. But here's the thing that marked me from that day in about 1998. I knew that he knew who he was praying to. And I thought, when I'm old like him, I want to know Jesus like he knows Jesus. I thought of this verse, and I love it in the Amplified version as I think of um, Pastor Hardwick. He just went to be with the Lord like within the last year, I think. And But I was thinking of him, and I thought of this verse. Still, I am not ashamed, for I know him. And am personally acquainted with him, whom I have believed with absolute trust and confidence in him and in the truth of his deity, and I am persuaded beyond any doubt that he is able to guard that which I have entrusted to him until that day when I stand before him." Love those words in the Amplified Version. I felt in that moment, way back when, that the man who I was listening to pray personally was acquainted with Jesus. I'm going to flip the clock back about 10 years before that. Bert and I were planting uh, U-Church in Calgary. And um, I don't know how Bert ended up at this prayer meeting. Really don't know who invited him, but there was an older couple. Okay, they were older because we were in our 20s and they were in about their 70s. And they lived just a few blocks from us. And um, this couple, Phil and Mildred, loved the Lord and had a once-a-week prayer meeting. And somehow, 20-odd-something-year-old Bert got invited to come to this weekly prayer meeting. Now, um, Mildred and Phil had really been touched and impacted through the latter rain movement way back in the 1940s in North Battleford, Saskatchewan. And uh, Bert used to go to this prayer meeting and he would come home encouraged and inspired and uplifted and challenged by the faith of this couple who had been walking with Jesus longer than him in that time of meeting together in communal prayer. Brought to mind a couple other scriptures Familiar ones, Hebrews chapter 11. Now faith. Faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. And without faith it is impossible to please him. For whoever would draw near to God must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who seek him. You know, Bert, praying together those years with Mildred and with Mildred and Phil, Ah, he was... Praying with someone whose life experience left her, left them with the assurance of things hoped for, with that faith that pleases God, that knows that, that He exists and He rewards those who seek Him. I just was reading, I went online to find out how old Mildred was when she went to be with the Lord, and she was actually 104, um, died in 2016, but her obituary said this, her devoted and dedicated life reached out to many needy hearts as Mildred assisted her husband in gospel work. communal prayer builds disciples now lest you think it's only getting together with old people <laughs> um, I have a friend once a month I pray together with some of our every nation Canada pastors wives and one of my friends on this with this group that I pray with um. I love praying with her. Now, one of the fun things about praying on Zoom is that you can write things down that people are praying and it doesn't seem odd because everybody else maybe has their eyes closed. I don't know. Um, but uh praying with this one friend. Um, I'm always encouraged, uplifted. My heart is stirred. Um she always, if she prays following someone, she always says we agree with those prayers. Now, I know that could just be a little catchphrase, but I know praying with grace, that grace has been listening and her heart has been in tune with what the others on that call have prayed. And I know that she's listened and that she does agree before the Lord with those things that we're praying for. You know, Jesus said if two or three of you gather and pray and agree that things will be done for you. And uh, I know she knows and pays attention and listens and cares because she doesn't forget. Sometimes I, oh, true confession, sometimes I'll pray for somebody and then the next month, I, I can't remember what I prayed for them for. Okay, I'm learning like grace to write some things down. Um, but I know that my life is encouraged, inspired, uplifted. I feel like I'm discipled and I learn in it. I learn more of Jesus from praying with grace. And you know, we all need to learn to pray. I, Jesus, let's go back to Jesus. You know, Luke chapter 11, verse 1. Now, Jesus was praying in a certain place. And when he had finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray as John taught his disciples. Part of discipleship. John, taught his disciples to pray. Jesus' disciples are saying to him, teach us to pray. We can never stop learning the faith involved in prayer and the practice of prayer. Let's go on. Communal prayer builds community. Um, relationships, as we pray together, knowing one another at a deeper level, trust is built as we pray in community, uh, our love for one another. Do you ever use your imagination? I'm going to go off on a little track here, but when you read the Bible, I sometimes use my imagination. Um, or else when I read something over and over again, I, it sort of loses it. So I like to stop and think about it. Well, I'm telling you this because a couple Sundays ago, maybe late June, when we were still in our Unstoppable series and Pastor Rich was preaching um from the book of Acts about that time that Peter was delivered, set free from prison, there were people praying together at somebody's mom's house, I think, Um Always go to mom's house if you want a good meal or to pray together, right? Okay, that was an aside. But um they were praying together. And I started thinking, I wonder who was in that house. So um one of the disciples was actually Peter's brother, Andrew. And I know from somewhere maybe in the book of Luke that one time um it said that Jesus went to the home of Peter's mother-in-law, which means Peter... Like, if you have a mother-in-law, it means you have a wife, and um Jesus healed that lady. And I wonder who was in that house that day praying for Peter's release. And here's the thing I want to say about that is um they were probably friends and family members. And, you know, um I remember one time one of our Every Nation pastors in Iran was in prison, uh, like maybe 12, 13 years ago, and we were praying for him regularly, but I didn't know him. And I, I was trying to be faithful to pray for him to be released, but I didn't know him. But you know, those people in that room, they were friends and family. And even if they weren't, if you're praying with someone and and you know the burden that they're caring for somebody they love, something happens in your heart and you begin to be kind of knit together drawn to one another. So there they were praying. Mm, I just wonder who was in the room and what was going on in the hearts of each individual as they prayed for somebody's brother, son, dear friend. So another story. Um, In my small group, Like most of yours, probably at the end of small group, we always, you know, ask if there's anything we can pray for one another for, and oh, quite a number of weeks ago, one of our newer members, new to Toronto and new to Every Nation GTA, had a request, something he wanted for us to believe God for him for. It wasn't a life or death situation. It was just a deep desire of his. He wanted a travel visa. And you know, if you live one, or from one place and trying to travel to another, and right now in the current conditions, if you want to get a visa or a passport or anything to travel, it, there's a lot of challenges. So we were praying regularly for this travel visa. Well, um at the last pop-up service, I'm going to say he bounced up to me. Now, he didn't physically bounce, but you know when somebody's really happy and uh they come to you with that joy just exuding. And he came up to me and he said, our prayer was answered. I got my travel visa. I get to go to that wedding that I wanted to go to and dear friends. And um, So, you know where my heart was right in that minute? This is a new friend. And yet, he let us be part of his life and... What, and tell us something he desired, and we got to link together and pray for that thing. And I wasn't probably quite as excited as he was, but I was so grateful to the Lord that God intervened and gave him that travel visa. You know, when we um pray together, we get to know one another at a deeper level. We open our hearts to one another. We care about the things that the people that we're praying with care about, we become invested in one another's lives as we pray. We rejoice when those prayers are answered. Paul wrote in the, in the book of Galatians, he said, um, bear one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. Let's flip back to the law of Christ. What did Jesus say? The law of, the law was the greatest things of the law. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Love your neighbor as yourself or, um, He said, the law and the prophets rest on all these things. Love your neighbor as yourself on these two commandments. Depend all the law and the prophets. So how do we, one of the ways we bear one another's burdens and we show our love to one another, which is the fulfillment of the law of Christ, is to pray together and with one another. Paul, writing to the Colossians. He said, uh, he was struggling. He said, I'm struggling on behalf of the Colossians and the Laodiceans. And this is what he said, that their hearts may be encouraged, being knit together in love to reach all the riches of full assurance of understanding and the knowledge of God's mystery, which is in Christ. I believe praying knits our hearts together. I believe praying unites us, builds that community, knits us together. Finally, prayer builds unity. Unity, not just the community part of unity, but unity of call and purpose. Um, the King James Version often uses a word I really love in the New Testament and uh, it's hardly ever translated the same way in other translations, so we're going to do a little bit of King James today. But in the ESV, verse 46 of our passage today says, And day by day attending the temple together. And day by day attending the temple together. The King James says this, And they, continuing, continuing daily with one accord, with one accord in the temple and breaking bread from house to house, did eat their meat with gladness and singleness of heart. I love that with one accord. With one accord means to be in agreement. With one accord means to be in unity and harmony with one another. Not simply going and doing something together at the temple, but with one accord. Um, there was an old joke. Can I tell you a joke? Um, there was an old joke. What kind of car do the apostles drive? Ready? a Honda, they were all in one accord. There you go. Tell your kids that one. Um, Acts chapter 1, verse 14. These all continued with one accord in prayer, the King James says. Acts chapter 2, verse 1 in the King James. When the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all in one accord in that place. Love that word. Agreement, unity, harmony. Agreement, unity, harmony. Praying together draws us, builds us into one accord. Acts chapter 4. Now, Acts chapter 2, the passage we've been focusing on, describes the early church. If you go to Acts chapter 4, verses 32 and beyond, it kind of gives a different but similar description of what was happening in the community of believers at that time. Just looking at verse 32, now the number of those who believed were of one heart and soul. The number of those who believed were of one heart and soul. You know, this was actually, if you kind of read some of the commentaries and things, this was actually a fulfillment of the prophecy of the prophet Jeremiah. Here's what Jeremiah said, I will give them one heart and one way that they may fear me forever for their own good and for the good of their children after them. Jeremiah 32, 39. You know, as we come together, as we pray together, we grow and learn. We, uh, grow in our community and the depths of our relationships as we bear one another's burdens and as we rejoice together. We, um, grow in unity of purpose and call and vision. We're in one accord. We're in harmony together. You know, God has always had a purpose for the church. He's always had a purpose. Um, Rick Warren sums it up in five words, uh, worship, fellowship, discipleship, ministry, and mission. And you can see that as we've done this series on relationship, truth, worship, service, prayer, and witness. God's always had a plan and a purpose for the church, and it hasn't changed. So here we are. It's August 2022. September is around the corner. You've probably heard it said that September is the new January. September is often a time when people make, maybe not New Year's resolutions, but then we make plans. Okay, well, when September hits, I'm going to fill in the blank. Well, what's September going to look like for you and me? We've spent the summer looking at what the early church was devoted to, but not just for a lesson in history, but for our own challenge and inspiration. So what might it look like for you and me in September of 2022 to be devoted to relationship? Is it time to join a small group? To be devoted to learning the truth. Ah, how about pretty soon we're going to release the foundations class again. You'll be hearing more about that. Maybe it's time for you to plunge in and, and uh and take our foundations course. How about joyous worship? Pretty soon we're gonna to go to two Sundays a month, mark your calendars and be with us. Join together to worship together. Sacrificial service. Time to volunteer, maybe to give like you never have before, to pray together, and to witness. And what's the cherry on top after we get to the end of Acts 42, Acts 42, gee, I've written something new, Acts 2, 42 to 47. The cherry on top, the scripture says, the Lord added to their number day by day those who were being saved. Wow, that's the church, that's the body of Christ that I want to be a part of. Relationship, prayer, service, worship, that we would see the Lord add to our number day by day. You've been listening to a message from Every Nation GTA. Thanks for joining us. For more information, visit our website at everynationgta.org.